The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Jesus and his disciples set out for the villages of Caesarea Philippi. Along the way, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that I am? They said in reply, John the Baptist, others Elijah, still others one of the prophets. And he asked them, But who do you say that I am? Peter said to him in reply, You are the Christ. Then he warned them not to tell anyone about him. He began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer greatly and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed and rise after three days. He spoke this openly. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. At this, he turned around and, looking at his disciples, rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan. You are thinking not as God does, but as human beings do. He summoned the crowd with his disciples and said to them, Whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever, wishes his, for whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and that of the gospel will save it. The Gospel of the Lord. The confession of Peter in the gospel today happened in one of fascinating cities of the ancient times. We were told by the evangelist Mark that it happened in, Cis in Caesarea Philippi. And there's some significance as to why probably Jesus chose this particular place to reveal himself more and more to his disciples as to who he is, as the Son of God, the Christ, the Messiah. What was the history of Caesarea Philippi? During the ancient times, way, way before the time of Jesus, Caesarea Philippi, which was called by another name, was actually the center of pagan worship. If Catholicism the center of Catholicism is in Rome. During the ancient time, the center of pagan worship was actually in this city. So you see, you know, all the deities of the pagan world are just um, enormous, enormous monuments for them. You can find it in this city. That was even, again, before the time of Jesus. But during the time of Christ, it was already called Caesarea Philippi because Philip, who was one of the rulers of that time, decided to build a monument in honor of Caesar. 
the Roman emperor, who was considered to be the god of the universe. He proclaimed himself as that. So, in honor of Caesar, uh, this ruler in this city wants to brown nose. <laughs> you know, and it's like, okay, is that the way you say it? <laughs> I, right? Okay. I, uh, you know, all these idioms in English, it just makes me, you know, it's like, yeah, I'm saying it right, but you know what I mean. <laughs> now, I'm, my thoughts are just so scattered. <laughs> wanted to, to build this monument for him, so, but of course, he included himself. So that's why he changed the name to, to Caesar, to Caesarea Philippi, in honor of Caesar and in honor of himself. <laughs> It was the center of pagan worship, and, it is, and it, it is in this place that Jesus clarified to the disciples through the confession of Peter that it is not the pagan deities, it is not Caesar who is truly God, but rather Christ himself. So you could just imagine, you could just imagine the shock and the horror of the people there. They knew, their they knew their history. They knew their history. And uh, so for Jesus to proclaim himself as ultimately the God, the God, it was just uh, rewriting the whole history of that place. But the question that we can ask ourselves is, did Peter truly get who Christ is based on his confession? Well, a few seconds after he said, you are the Christ, Jesus was telling him, get behind me, Satan. It's like, oh, wow, it didn't take that long. <laughs> what was happening in here? Well, Peter did not fully capture what being a Messiah is all about. Peter had a very sanitized understanding of God. When Jesus started to talk that the Messiah, him, the Christ, will be captured, will suffer, and eventually would die, Peter protested, that's not the kind of Messiah that I have in mind. That's not the kind of God that I have in mind. You are supposed to liberate us from the Romans who are occupying our lands. We need a leader who's going to be there, who's going to be able to, to, to free us from the occupation so that we can be an independent nation once again. But that's not what Jesus was talking about. Peter had a very sanitized understanding of God. That's who God is to him. You know, as I was reflecting on this, you know, what kind of God do I actually believe? What kind of Jesus do I actually subscribe to? Because we can be talking about the person of Jesus, but we can have a very different version of Jesus from one another. 
just like Peter. Just like Peter. Ask yourself, whenever you think about Christ, what is the first image of Christ that comes to your mind? And what are the other images of Jesus that you're uncomfortable with that you don't really care about? There are certain images of Christ that people are so uncomfortable. I was talking to a friend of mine, and uh, he's such a great guy. Um, but he's not practicing the faith. <laughs> Very charitable and all of that. He's, you know, whenever, we asked, whenever I asked him before, when I was in another parish, because he lives nearby, and I said, Paul, can you help me with this and that? He's like, okay. I'll be there. But I said, Paul, when are you coming to Mass? I was like, I don't know. You know, but we, we hang out. And uh, I, I asked him one of the, in one of the, the dinners that I had with him, I said, Paul, what will it take for you to come back to the church? And he said, well, the church has just to rewrite most of his things about, you know, about about human life. I was just like, what? You know, he said, why can't we just all be about compassion? Why don't we just be about all of this service and all of that? Paul, that is a huge part of who we are. That is like another part of the face of Jesus, but that is not yet the complete face of Christ. We need to contemplate the, 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 the totality of the face of Jesus. Sometimes, we can, I fall sometimes just to concentrate on one aspect of the face of Christ because I'm uncomfortable in looking at the, the, the other aspects. But as Catholics, and what does the word Catholic mean? Universal. But universality doesn't, doesn't mean to be general, to, to accept everything, but rather universality means adherence to the totality of the identity of Christ. To the totality of the face of Jesus. That I can't just speak and choose, you know, what I want to contemplate in the person of Christ. You know, I can't be, we can be all for all too. We have our own passions. Some of you are passionate about RCIA. Some of you are passionate about St. Vincent de Paul. Some of you are passionate about St. Gerald Guild. Uh, so we have all of these things, right? Contemplating a certain spirituality, a certain phase. But I can't be debunking and disregarding the others because I, I'm just comfortable with one little thing about Jesus. I can't, because if I do that, Jesus is going to tell me, get behind me, Satan. And what does the word Satan mean? You know, the word Satan comes from the Hebrew word Satan. Literally, etymologically, it means to oppose, to act as an adversary. If I am, not, if I am only subscribing to a portion of who Christ is, then I am actually creating a God for myself. I am not accepting who God is to me. 
But I am creating a God out of myself that I could worship. But this is the caricature. Did I pronounce it right? Caricature of my own mind. But is it always comfortable to accept and contemplate the totality of the face of Christ? It's not. As a priest, do you think I'm just contemplating and receiving everything wholeheartedly? I wish I can. But, but my humanity also gets into me. It's like, what is this? I, I don't want to use any word that's going to be bad in English. It's like, is this? What is this? But that is why it takes a lot of humility. It takes a lot of self-surrender. When Jesus says, get behind me, Satan, what does it mean to get behind, to follow? And to follow requires a lot of self-surrender. It takes a lot of humility. It takes a lot of obedience. Get behind me, Satan. But Christ said, you know, I am not just asking you to follow me because I'm God, but I'm going to show to you what it means to follow I'm going to be following the will of my Father to me, that I'm going to be suffering, die, and eventually be resurrected. I'm not just going to tell you guys that this is how to follow me. I'm going to show it to you because I myself will going to live it for you. That is what it means. So the question that we can ask ourselves is, you know, what are the other aspects of the faces of Jesus that I'm not willing to accept? You know, think about the, the teachings of the church that you don't care about. That's another part of the face of Christ. I want to contemplate a complete face, not one-fourth of the face of Jesus, not just a half of it, not just three-fourths of it, but I want to see the beauty of it. I want to see the beauty of the totality of the face of Christ. And the second reading today sums it up so beautifully too. The second reading says, you know, when you look at your neighbor, when you look at your neighbor, especially those who are in the margins, those who are in need, that's the face of Christ. Par excellence. Having been created in God's own image and likeness. You know, sometimes I was talking to um, a family member, and I was, he said he was listening to some of my homilies during this pandemic because he lives in another in a country, and, uh, and he said, you know, it's pretty good, but don't be too academic. I said, oh. <laughs> so I asked myself, what's the application of this? You know, what's the, you know, how are we going to, to make this, you know, how do we flesh this out in our own life? Well, the second reading provides us with the answer. 
contemplating the face of Christ is not just contemplating about a book, a teach, you know, like a document uh, or a, the catechism. Those are great things too. But the contemplating the face of Christ is to see the face of Christ in one another. And in seeing the face of Christ in one another, you know, we honor ourselves too because we are all created by the same God. We are all created in the same image and likeness of Him. Who is God to you? And what are the other images of God, other facets of the face of Jesus that you're not comfortable with? Let's get behind Him totally, totally, and ask Him, Lord, increase my faith so that I may truly follow you with total devotion.